Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. Um, today, the Constitution suffered another serious body blow. And um, former President Trump's rights to a fair trial have been all but uh, negated. Um, the trial judge in D.C. who has shown incredible bias uh, against Trump. Uh, she trained at a firm which is uh, highly democratic and, and also has a reputation for <sighs> corruption and skirting the law. Um, not somebody who I have a lot of faith in her ability to conduct a fair trial. She rendered a ruling today uh, saying that Donald Trump must be brought to trial uh, the day before uh, the primaries uh, in the United States uh, on March 4th. That's uh, just about six months from uh, today. It's impossible for him to get a fair trial in six months. It's just impossible. I'm as good a lawyer as uh, defends criminals in these areas. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't begin to do it. Um, let me just give you a little bit of, of arithmetic about it. So today, the government stated that it had already, already turned over 12.8 million pages of documents, 12.8 million pages of documents. There's no doubt in my mind that um, the defense has probably gotten millions of pages of documents on its own that have not been turned over by the prosecution. Let's assume for argument's sake that uh, all in all, there are 14 million pages of documents. That's just a million point four, so more than what the government has already turned over. Let's assume that's the case. And let's assume that there are 180 days left before the trial. Just do the arithmetic. If you divide 12.8, that's the government's uh, turning over, by 180 days, that means that Trump's lawyer will have to read approximately 71,000 pages a day. If it's 14 million documents, it would be 77.777 documents per day. Even artificial intelligence would have a hard time doing that. It is inconceivable for any human being. And I am a very fast reader and writer. You know, I've written 52 books. I've read, I don't know, thousands and thousands of books. I read and write for a living. I couldn't come close to doing that. The most I could ever read on a given day and I do, I read this all the time because I'm an appellate lawyer and people present me with 10,000 page transcripts, sometimes 20,000 page transcripts and skipping and uh, uh, finding relevance and not reading every word of every page. If I see it's not relevant, the most, the most I can ever do, the most I can ever do is maybe a thousand pages a day. Um, I, I can't do more than that. And, and I'm pretty good at it. I can't read 
more than a thousand pages a day and understand what I'm reading and provide an adequate defense. But the idea of 77,000 pages in a day, I haven't done the arithmetic. You can do it while you're watching the show. How many pages a minute does that amount to if you're working 12 hours a day? Uh, it is an inhuman task to put a defendant and his legal team, even if he has a legal team, and you know the Constitution doesn't provide for legal teams. If a person can't afford a lawyer, he gets a single lawyer, and then Donald Trump, you know, has a lead lawyer and probably you know two or three other lawyers or legal assistants. But I have to tell you, when I do an appeal, I read every word of the transcript myself. Yeah, I trust my young associates, but I'm the responsible lawyer. I want to read every word of every document. If I'm going to try a case, if I'm going to be the responsible lawyer, obviously, if I'm of counsel, if I'm just consulting on a case, which I do more and more often now, I just read the parts of the record that are relevant to my consultation. If I'm a, con a consultant on the First Amendment, I only read the free speech parts of the of the case. It started that way a long time ago with me. Uh, there was a case involving teleprompter back in 1973. And I was retained by Robert Fisk, great lawyer, the former deputy attorney general of the United States, former special counsel, former U.S. attorney, probably the most eminent living lawyer in, in America today, in his 90s. He retained me to do a small part of a big case. Uh, the big case had to do with telecommunications and all of that. But there had been an indictment and a conviction. I was a part of the appellate team, but I had a very small role. My role was only to see whether or not it would be constitutional, was constitutional for the grand jury in the case that indicted him to have eliminated people between the ages of 18 and 21. So I wrote four or five pages on that and submitted it to, um, and said, all right, how do I designate myself uh, on that? Well, I, I asked uh, Bob Fisk and I asked uh, a leading expert on legal ethics, and they both said, well, just just sign off as of counsel. That means that you're just a consultant and advisor to the lawyer and to the firm. You're not responsible for the whole case. But when I am counsel, when I am the responsible lawyer, when I'm designated as lead counsel, I have to read every word. I can't leave it to an associate. Uh, I have won cases in, on issues that were buried, buried back in the early days, I won a case, uh, multiple murder conviction, uh, because I found an issue that nobody had seen before. And uh, I could have easily missed the issue. I had another case where I didn't see the issue, um, but it was called to my attention by an associate. I went back then and I read it and I felt terrible that I hadn't seen the issue. But, you know, a responsible lawyer has to read every single word of discovery. What if you skip 100 pages and, 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 you know, the smoking gun is in those 100 pages. Remember, those pages, those 12.8 million pages are turned over. They're supposed to contain exculpatory material, material that helps the defense, either Jenks Act material or Brady material. These are all technical terms. But how can you not read every word that the government has already read and has turned over to you saying, this is material that could help you win your case. Of course, you're going to have to read that. This judge just acted so 
unbelievably irresponsibly, and the government acted irresponsibly. The government actually asked for a trial on January 2nd. That would have been four months and three weeks after the indictment. That was too much even for the judge. And so the judge moved it up eight weeks uh, just to tip her, her hat to the government and cover her own rear end, um, but denied Trump's motion to set the trial later so that he would have sufficient time to read all the discovery material. And then the judge made a fundamental error, repeating an error that the prosecution made. They both said essentially that the government, the government has a legitimate interest in a speedy trial. No, they don't. The government has no interest in a speedy trial. The government has only an interest in a fair trial. The Constitution specifies that the defendant has the right to a speedy trial, not the government. The defendant has the right to a speedy trial. And if the defendant prefers a fair trial that much might take longer to a speedy trial, that's his right. What's the government's interest? Oh, obviously, the government's interested in making sure that the trial doesn't get postponed for a year or two or three or four or five. Yeah. All right. That's one thing. But the idea that this is the government's interest that has to be vindicated by the court. No, no. It's the defendant's interest. The defendant has two interests, speedy trial, if he chooses to have that. Two of the defendants in the case in Georgia have already moved for a speedy trial and the judge had no choice but to grant it. Uh, the defendant has the right to move for a speedy trial. But if the defendant says, no, I waive my right to a speedy trial. I want a trial which gives me and my lawyers enough time to review all the documents. That's his right too. Judge Shurkin, go back to law school. Learn what the Constitution means when it talks about a speedy trial. Don't invent a right that doesn't exist. That's judicial activism at its worst, and it's judicial activism designed to deny a defendant the defendant's absolute right. Now, I've gotten a lot of emails already uh, on this, and I'll, I'll, I'll preview them. I'll read some later, but I'll preview them. A lot of my emails ask the following question. They say, does Donald Trump have the right to appeal that date? And the answer is yes, he has the right not to appeal, but to take mandamus or what's called an interlocutory appeal to try to bring the matter in front of the appellate uh, court, in this case, the D.C. Uh, circuit court. Uh, and he's going to do that. He's already announced he's going to appeal. That doesn't mean that the court will grant the appeal. Courts have a lot of discretion to decide whether to grant interlocutory appeals or writs of mandamus that occur before the end of the trial. Most appeals, as you know, again, you know I'm an appellate lawyer, most appeals occur only after there's been a conviction. There can't be an appeal if there's an acquittal because the government has no right to appeal. It's only a right the defendant has. I mean, Judge Chutkin probably will invent the right of a government uh, to, to, to appeal because she doesn't see this through the eyes of fairness and justice. She sees it through the eyes of get Trump. And so... Um, the defendant has that uh, has that right, but courts of appeals are reluctant to intrude before the trial is over. What they say is, look, wait until there's a conviction, plenty of time then, and then you can appeal it. And if you were right, we'll reverse the conviction. By that time, the defendant might have served a year or two in prison. 
Um, but that's okay. The courts say your, your rights will be vindicated ultimately in any event. Now, I don't think Trump's going to prison pending appeal in his case. Well, you never know with Judge Schechter. You never know. But, um, but uh, that's not good enough. He has the right to a fair trial, not just a right to appeal from an unfair trial. He has the right to a fair trial. This is especially so in this case. Why especially so in this case? Because the government has a strategy in this case. The prosecutors have a strategy in this case. The strategy is to get a down and dirty conviction, unfair one, uh, you know, just rush to judgment. They wanted a trial in January. That's how irresponsible and unethical, in my view, they are seeking a trial in January. My opinion, that's unethical for a prosecutor to do. Prosecutors are supposed to be trying to do justice and have fair trials, not supposed to just take advantage of uh, a judge uh, who they know or a venue which they know is highly biased against against uh, Trump. So the government's goal is to get a quick trial and a quick conviction, because in the District of Columbia, they'll get a conviction, uh, a petty jury in the District of Columbia comprised of 95 percent of people who voted against Donald Trump, and probably 70 or 80 percent who hate his guts. Uh, there'll probably be uh, a conviction. And, and then the question is, uh, will there be an appeal and will it reverse the conviction? Let's assume it does. The conviction will occur during the height of the primary season before the general election. Its intent would be to influence the election. And the reversal would occur months after the election was over. And we'd have either a new president or or the same president. Now, now the judge has said over and over again, and I challenge her to look me in the eye and say that, oh, I'm treating Donald Trump like any other defendant. No, you're not. If it were any other defendant, you would allow the trial to take place in a year, in 14 months, in 16 months. I bet if you look back at your own track record, you'll see that you give delays over and over again. All judges do, particularly when you have busy lawyers. It's because it's Donald Trump. And because you want to influence the outcome of the election, it may backfire, by the way. I think a lot of these prosecutors and judges are helping uh, Trump. That doesn't make me happy. I'm not a Trump supporter. I don't want to see Trump elected. And so I'm opposed to what's going on for two reasons. One, it's helping Trump. I don't like that. Much more importantly, it's hurting the Constitution. I care deeply, deeply, deeply about that. And that's why I'm fighting back. I'm not fighting back on behalf of Mr. Trump's election fortunes. You know, I'm going to vote against him. You folks can vote for him, vote against him. That's your right. That's not why I'm as angry as I am about what this judge has done and what the prosecutors in this case have done. I'm angry because this get Trump mentality, wrote a whole book about it, get Trump and in the book, I predicted all this. I predicted the four indictments. I predicted that there'd be attempts to try to try the case before the election. Um, and, and, and all of that has, has, has come true because it was so obvious. It was so predictable. It's so apparent what these prosecutors are doing. They're trying to influence the election. And this judge is trying to influence the election by saying she's not trying to influence the election. But she is. She's treating Trump absolutely differently from other defendants. And I bet you go back and you look at cases in the District of Columbia, you look at comparable 
cases, in terms of complexity, in terms of seriousness, in terms of number of pages turned over during discovery. All right, a challenge to the judge and to the prosecutor. Find in which the government has turned over 12.8 million pages of documents that has been tried in six months. You show me that case. I challenge you to find it. You're not going to find it. Because if there were such a case, it would be reversed on appeal. And I think this case will be reversed on appeal. The lawyer for, for Donald Trump has already said, I cannot try this case. And as I've told you before, if I were the lawyer, I'd refuse to. I'd walk out of the courtroom. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it just like I would refuse to perform an operation uh, on a, a heart or, or brain uh, patient if I didn't have the adequate preparation time to do all the tests. I'm not doing a brain surgery without a CAT scan. I'm not doing heart surgery without all kinds of tests that are required to do that. I'm just not doing that. My job as a doctor is to save life, not to take life. And my life, job as a lawyer is to protect liberty and protect constitutional rights, not to allow the judge to violate constitutional rights is what the judge is doing in this case. So I hope Donald Trump will appeal um, this uh, outrageous decision to have this case tried in, in six months. And I hope the appellate court will say, now, wait a minute, you can't, just can't do this. You have to take into account the number of, of pages. You know what the prosecutor said in this case? Prosecutor essentially said, no, your lawyer doesn't have to read every page. They just skim it, just skip through it. Do you want a doctor who skims through the medical reports? Do you want a lawyer who skims through the exculpatory evidence, the Brady and Jenks material? That's not a lawyer I would hire to be one of my associates, and it's not the kind of lawyer I would ever be. So, Your Honor, sorry, I am not going to try this case. You want to appoint another lawyer? You appoint another lawyer, but I'm not walking into this courtroom and committing malpractice. You can't make me do that. You can't make me commit malpractice. You can't make me give my client the ineffective assistance of counsel. That's not my role. My role is to vindicate the Constitution, not to undercut it, because you want to bring this trial, this case to trial quickly because you think the government has an interest in a, a, a trial within six months. No, the government doesn't. There's a sign in front of the Justice Department that basically says the Justice Department wins when justice is done, regardless of whether or not the defendant is found guilty or innocent. That sign has been covered over with mud. And now all that matters, the sign that should be put up in front of the Justice Department now is get Trump by all means, at all costs, the Constitution be damned, get Trump. That's the new motto of the Justice Department, get Trump. And this judge is part and parcel of that phenomenon. Now she's going to say, well, but I I didn't grant the government's motion. The government absurdly, unethically wanted this motion to be uh, granted having the trial on January 2nd. That is what, September, October, November, December, four months from, 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 from now. Uh, she turned that down, saying that was too soon. But she then granted it essentially by saying, all right, but I'll give, I'll, I'll give the defendant another two months. So maybe they can read another um, uh, 10,000 pages 
out of the 14 million. Not enough. Not enough. A March 4th trial date is unconstitutional. A March 4th trial date violates the defendant right to due process and a fair trial. And so let's let's wait and see. Let's wait and see whether or not this is uh, going to be appealed. I hope it's appealed. I hope the Court of Appeals reverses it. I hope the Court of Appeals rebukes the judge and perhaps takes the case away from the judge. I think the defense should also move for a change of venue out of the District of Columbia, where he cannot get a fair trial, to a more purple area. Some parts of Virginia or West Virginia might be uh, appropriate, or even some parts of Maryland, which is a heavily Democratic state, but not close to what's the situation in the District of Columbia, 95, 96% anti-Trump. You just can't get a jury of one's peers in a district like that. And the judge is probably going to rush the case. She's probably not even going to give the defense an opportunity to question jurors and do voir dire. She'll probably do what a lot of other federal judges do. Say, I'm going to ask a bunch of questions and um, uh, they'll tell the truth. And all I'm going to ask them is, uh, do you have an opinion uh, on his guilt or innocence? Oh, you do? Uh, Could you withhold that opinion and not have it influence your decision? Oh, you can't? Fine. You're seated. That's the kind of voir dire we see these days by a lot of federal judges. In the state court, it's very different. In the case now in uh, Fulton County, I'm told, I don't know this personally, but I'm told there's a case now which has been in jury selection for months and months and months, much less complicated than the the Trump case. And so I suspect the, um, the case in Fulton County, uh, the verdict will not come until after the election. But uh, again, who knows? Everybody's rushing to judgment. Right now, listen to the absurd situation we have now. Right now, Trump is faced with three criminal trials within, I think, two weeks or two or three weeks. Um, there's one on March 4th. There's another one in, in, in mid-March. There's another one as well in, in March. And the fourth of the four cases is in May. So you're asking his lawyer to prepare for four of the most significant cases in modern American history uh, to be conducted within six weeks of each other. It's inhuman. It's unthinkable. It's what you would expect Putin would do uh, if he were trying one of his opponents who was not foolish enough to get on an airplane. Um, It's not American. It deserves another banana. So I'm now up to six, folks. I'm up to six bananas. It's only 10. 10 gets us to Ecuador and to the Soviet Union. I never, Russia, today, Putin, Russia, Syria, Iran, uh, China. um, I, I didn't ever expect I'd get up to six bananas. But this today has brought me up to six bananas. I hope we don't get to seven, but... We may. And if the Court of Appeals reverses, I'll knock it down to five or maybe four. But we're in banana land and it's it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing for all Americans. The defendant in the case will have his rights denied, but all Americans will have their rights denied because Americans don't have an interest in a speedy trial. Americans have an interest in a fair trial. And if a speedy trial cannot be a fair trial, The interest in a fair trial comes before the interest in a speedy trial.
there are some questions, some very good questions uh, today. Um, what do I think of the fact that the prosecutors have said that the defendant doesn't need to review uh, all the um, all the papers? Well, I've, I've, I've gone over that. Uh, yes, yes, he does. In fact, if, if the defense does not review all the papers and there is a conviction, there would be a claim for ineffective assistance of counsel. My God, you got all this discovery, this material that was exculpatory and you didn't read it? You skimmed it? Or you skip thousands of pages because you thought it might not be relevant. How do you know what's relevant until you've until you've read it? So again, the prosecution does not know what they're talking about. They don't have the experience that we as defense attorneys have in reading material and how you can come up with gems, diamonds uh, buried uh, in 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 and and often, by the way, ah, this is an important point. Very often, the prosecutor will give you more discovery than you want, because what it will do is it will hide the really relevant material in a large amount of irrelevant material, a needle in a haystack. If it has a needle and the needle is exculpatory, it will often give you a haystack. Ask any criminal lawyer. They'll tell you that. That's what prosecutors do. That's what unethical prosecutors do. That's what prosecutors who seek victory over justice do. But it's very common. Ask any criminal lawyer. They will tell you that prosecutors will often give you masses of material and hide in that material a small amount of exculpatory material. And so, of course, you have to read every word. Otherwise, you're going to be victimized by that prosecutorial trip, ask any defense lawyer you know, and they'll tell you that's a common ploy that prosecutors employ in order to keep the defense from knowing it. And then if there's a motion after trial, uh, oh my God, they didn't turn over this exculpatory material. The government says, yes, we did. You didn't read page 11,763 footnote 11. You didn't read that. There it is, as clear as day, buried in a haystack. There's your needle. You lose. That's what prosecutors say. I know that because I've seen prosecutors say that in cases that I've been involved in. And I've been involved in more cases than anybody wants to know. And so I, I know all the tricks of the trade. And that's why uh, Judge Shooting can't put it over on me. Maybe she can put it over on uh, other people. She can't put it over on me. I know enough about this to know what's going on here. What's going on here is a complete injustice. All right. There was a letter about how can we make voting machines um, more secure and less subject to possible uh, criticisms for future elections. I'm not talking about past elections. Well, what's very important, and I've written this in a brief, what's very important is that when the government delegates to a private company a governmental function, counting votes, the private company has to live by the government's rules, not its own rules. It can't say we have business secrets. It has to be as transparent as the government would have to be. That's number one. Number two, I have proposed for a long time the appointment of an election commission. Israel has it, Britain has it, other countries have it. 
a group of extremely distinguished nonpartisan or at least bipartisan people to whom any complaint about an election machines not functioning, they're, they're, they're hiding votes, they're, the polls close too early, there's a butterfly ballot, there are hanging chads. It all goes to the election commission, not to a court and, and, and not to a political party and not to Congress. It goes to this election commission that can rule in real time, in real time. Had that happened in Bush versus Gore, the butterfly ballot might have been changed by one o'clock in the afternoon and several thousand additional votes might have been cast for Al Gore. We don't know. We'll never know because it didn't happen. But I would see I would like to see an election a commission appointed for the next election. I got a very nice uh, letter saying um, I enjoy your Socratic dialogues and your debates. I used to watch you with William Buckley and I used to always root for William Buckley. Well, William Buckley was a great, great debater. I debated him on numerous occasions. I debated him in front of, I don't know, a couple of thousand people um, at Harvard and probably hundreds of thousands of people on, on television on a range of, of subjects. And he always took the conservative point of view and I always took the liberal point of view. Who won, who lost is always in the eye of the beholder. But the one thing that everybody said is we had good and respectful debates. And most important, we had respectful debates. Uh, I admired William Buckley's wit and intelligence, and he admired my intelligence, probably not so much my wit. But, uh, and after the debate was over, we'd go and have a drink and we would critique each other and congratulate each other on a good argument made. I remember saying to him, you know, I never thought of that. You, you really persuaded me on that one. Today, does anybody ever persuade it? By somebody on the other side? No, they can't be because they just just call them names. So uh, not not at all. I got another letter saying, you know, yeah, I approve of your being such a principled person, but principles can be very expensive. You can lose your job. You can lose your friends. I know. I wrote a book about that called The Price of Principle, telling the story about what has happened to me and continuing to happen uh, to me, uh, lawyers uh, on the other side rabid woke Democrats are coming after me, filing bar charges against me, uh, making complaints against me, uh, obviously writing letters. That's OK. Writing op-eds. That's OK, too. Um, but uh, being a principal person can be very expensive. And, 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 and the reason is because principles often go against your politics. I'm a liberal Democrat. I want a Democrat to be elected president. But that's my politics. My constitutional approach is to make sure that people who I don't want to see get elected are treated as fairly as people who I want to see get elected. So that's my message to you. Put principle over politics. Too few people are doing that. I wish Judge Chetkin were, were, were listening to me tonight, and I would ask her the same thing. Put judicial principles over politics. I don't think you're doing that today. All right. Tomorrow we'll be talking more about the upcoming trials and um, and whether or not the cases will be moved from state court to federal court. The judge should be hearing decisions, arguments about that today, and maybe we'll render a decision today or tomorrow. Maybe he has already. I don't know. But that's going to be a big issue because both Meadows and at least one of the defendant have moved for a change to federal courts and Donald Trump will certainly do the same. So see you tomorrow. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.